Aaron Ryan and welcome to the Big Brother After Show eviction interview. Tonight, it was the end of the road for Tim. Arguably the best player in Big Brother history, or at the very least, one of the biggest players. Tim Dormer brings something unique to the show that is hard to replicate. Super surprised to see him leave in the episode before finals week. Tim, thank you for joining me tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. Wow, very, very, um, yeah, I don't know if I deserve that title of a best player. But, um, yeah, I guess I'm memorable. I, 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 yeah, I am proud of, of how I play the game. Yeah, you, you escaped not being nominated um, right up until this week when, when you were nominated twice. The first time you escaped eviction, but then it was a goodbye tonight. In reflection, what do you think was your undoing? Um, I don't think anything was my undoing. It, it was going to be an impossible task to get me to the finale. Whether I stayed with the OGs and it was all OGs at the end making the decision on who to vote out, they would have voted me out. If it was all newbies at the end, they would have voted me out. No one would have wanted to sit next to Tim at finale. I can tell you that. Um, my undoing was that I didn't win the challenges I needed to do at the end of the game, especially that final one. Um, I came very close, but yeah, that, that was the only mistake, I guess, that would have changed my fate. Well, I see you did try the hard sell with, um, nobody's ever won big brother twice in the history of the show, um, in the whole world yet. Yeah, nice try. But if, if it was you, <laughs> Brenton and Alicia in the final three, you would have cleaned up and you know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was, a, that was a complete bluff. Like I, I think I had to terrible. pull out all stops. Yeah. Like I worked some of my tricks worked on those newbies, but, um, yeah, the, the idea that the audience wouldn't reward someone twice. I mean, it was something that was thrown around in the house that some of the newbies were, I think, a little bit angry that they were playing the game with people who had played already mm. and especially some that had won before. And and this it was said early on in the game, like, come on, give give the new players a chance. You guys have had your moment. You've, you've won before. Um that I thought, oh, maybe maybe they would actually believe that audiences would think that way as well. So it was a last-minute attempt, <laughs> but no, not at all fruitful. <laughs> I think Taras said in one episode, um, it wasn't out loud, it was in a private conversation, but said that um, the newbies are just are just pawns in the, um, in the OG game. It certainly felt like that at the start, but then I suppose if you look at the results at the end, <laughs> you know, look what happened. Mm, mm. And I'm largely to blame for that. I think <laughs> I I knew <clears throat> I knew there'd come a point in the game where I would have to turn on the OGs, that I would start working with the newbies. And that was because I knew the OGs were my biggest competition to win at finale. Um, that perhaps they were the only ones that Australia would vote for over me if if um they thought that I'd already had my win. Um, and yeah, I guess that's something I've been criticized a bit at was that my loyalty to the OGs, but I never pledged loyalty to the OGs. I'd made a deal with Johnson and that's who I was loyal to. And, and that worked that my main strategy of the whole game was to avoid nominations for as long as I could, because I thought as soon as I'm nominated, they're going to take their shot. So I worked really hard to build relationships beyond just the OGs. Um, which saw me not get nominated till day 56. And then when I was nominated and it was a double, 
I survived. And that's because of those relationships that I'd built with um, Alicia and Johnson that, that, yeah, I, I'm proud of, of how I played. Well, Big Brother is, is a television show. It's a game and there is a prize. Um, there's also many friendships and relationships formed along the way. Do you think your season 10 or this current season had more pull in terms of like relationships, people being offended, people feeling hurt, people feeling betrayed, ostracized, oh. bullied? I, I guess I, I didn't do the podcast of your previous season, but it just feels like there's a lot of emotion this season. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the OG's fault, and only a few of them. I think, I think they were maybe a little bit unaware of how the game has changed, and that it's it's not the popularity contest it used to be, where um, where the audiences voted purely on whether they connected with you. Um, now the audience, like the whole show is around gameplay, is around strategy. Mm. So I felt it was a bit rich, hypocritical and even hurtful that some of the OGs were criticising the game players and the, and the head players, like myself, um, saying that it was somehow a dirty game, it was, it was less trustworthy when that's the game we're playing and they were playing it too they were they were playing head moves and and that was the hypocrisy of it was that yeah they they would act outraged and offended but yet they were still playing the same moves mm. um yeah it it's caused a lot of of drama i think for for especially me and Estelle post show um and i think for the audience as well i almost feel sorry for some of the the new players who have copped a lot of hate and and haven't had the warm reception from audiences because of this OG illusion that 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 the OGs have to be protected and they have to work together and that they're playing the game with such moral integrity and and that's what should be rewarded. There's some very vocal fans that get very very angry whenever. Mm. So people were making moves against the OGs and that wouldn't have happened if the OGs weren't there. People like Johnson and Alicia would have been celebrated for their gameplay. Um, and so it's, yeah, I think something that, I don't know, it's maybe I was unprepared that, that the audience would resonate with the OGs like that. Like I, how boring would have the show been if the OGs had have just stuck together and voted out all the newbies when we weren't there to recreate the heyday of Big Brother, that's mm. that's it's not that same game. It's not that same TV show, and I think some people thought that they would they could make it like that, and it, it felt kind of a bit emotionally manipulative to me in a way that is worse than my game manipulation. Um, yeah, it upset me a little bit. Well, a little bit more about that emotion, I guess, without going into all of the Drew and Tully stuff. I mean, one defining moment for me was when Drew voted against Tully at her final eviction um, when he said he had her back. Now, one side would say, you know, when you have a previous relationship, current friendship, then that history transcends $250,000. The other side would say that Drew is a person, uh, he's come to play his game and, he, and his aim is to hopefully win and set, set his life up. Um, you know, the way that he wants to. In that same way, Estelle is a very hard or I suppose emotional player. Um, and you have your own gameplay that clearly has worked for you in winning season 10, 
um, coming, you know, sixth in this season and, and Canada and everything else. How can you have, here's my question, that was long-winded. <laughs> how, how can you have a Tim way of doing things and a Stell way of doing things, a Drew way and a Tully way without people being hurt? Is that even possible? Yeah, no, it's not. And that's the beauty of the show. That's why we watch because we all have different um, ways of playing the game and different, um, like the, the bar of, of of what we're prepared to do to get to the end. Would you win at all cost? I think Tarras's gameplay, he wants to win at all cost. He doesn't care about um, the reputation of, of lying and, and, and really sort of overt sneaky gameplay. Um, I'm... I wouldn't say that I would make the choices that Taras has made, but but I also wouldn't play the way Estelle played with with her heart. And I found it quite emotionally manipulative that Tully and Estelle expected me and Drew to work with them or save them when it wasn't returned. It wasn't actually returned. They both hadn't had our backs when we needed it. And in fact, what wasn't shown on the show was a was a really strong female alliance that Estelle and Jules the Intruder had had built with Tully and Gabby. The, those four, Reggie wasn't a part of it. She didn't want any part of that. Um, but Estelle was forming this strong female alliance where they wanted only females to be in the finale and and they were wanting all the males to be nominated. And I just think that's gross sexism I don't like and so then for them to turn around and act offended where when we made a sort of defensive move against being caught um from that alliance I I, yeah it it screams hypocrisy to me and it yeah it's yucky I don't I don't like it the thing is about hurt though it's really you could only be hurt by by the people you love um, there is a bit of hurt going around on the show, and even since obviously the show has ended, spoiler alert, um, you know, this season was pre-filmed. <laughs> Although some people are, are, are feeling anger, um, seems that might be masking hurt. Um, mm. Every person I've spoken to that is, is showing signs of anger, it's because they feel deeply hurt by something um, because they actually truly are fond of the person that they feel is hurting them. Would you like to see the people that have been hurt find reconciliation or is it a case of just moving on? Um, depends if that hurt is genuine or whether it's a coping mechanism. Um, I mean, there's two people in particular that I know like to play the victim and you create an enemy in somebody else because it, it, it makes you feel not responsible for your own actions, that it's somebody else's fault. And that's been really sad as well to see people come outside the other end of the game and, and blame others or, or act, act with hurt when I think it's just that they can't take responsibility for their own game. I mean, you made mistakes, you didn't get there and maybe someone was just a better game player than you Um I don't know. I, we're all a family and families don't always get along. And I, I was hurt, really hurt by some of those heart players attacking 
who I was, my character I felt. And some of the things that Estelle was saying online really upset me. And I, I chatted to her privately and said, hey, we're friends. You know that I'm not a bully. You know that I'm not abusive. Why are you engaging with this narrative? Why are you encouraging fans to sort of think that there was something more going on than what's being shown on the show? Like, And then that's what was really dangerous, I think, with what Estelle was saying, was that she was alleging that that verbal abuse was happening. And Big Brother's film 24-7, it, they have a duty of care, the production team, to look after us. And mm. I was really concerned that, yeah, she, she's walking into dangerous territory there that I don't know why. And, and, and so, yeah, if you saw I retaliated with a really, really insensitive tweet to her, which I know hurt her, we haven't spoken to each other um, since then. And... Well, Tim, let, yeah. let, me, let me ask you for a moment just one thing about Estelle, and it's not going to be the usual questions that you, you, you've been asked, I'm sure. Let, let's put aside what went wrong, who did what for a moment. There was a close bond with Estelle. Can you tell me about the things that actually drew you together initially, what you actually love about her and why mm. there was such a bond at one stage? Yeah, yeah, though that's a good question. Um, yeah. And I, I should say at this point, I, I have my own podcast. The episode that's out is me addressing this Estelle stuff. And I go into mm. our history and why we were friends and then why I was so nervous to play this game with her because I knew that we were such different people. Um, I, right back at the beginning, I was on hold to go into Estelle's season as an intruder. I voted for Estelle to win. I loved everything that... I thought Estelle stood for um, how she was presented as as this misfit and perhaps a victim to some of the other players in her game. Um, and after I'd won, we got um, in touch and, and we hung out and we really bonded um, because I'm I'm a bit of a misfit myself as well. And and we were both weirdos and we kind of formed a, a good friendship over the years. And we'd hang out quite often and call each other up. Um, and yeah, it was a really deeper connection that had nothing to do with with the game of Big Brother. It was just that we recognised that we were both interesting humans that sort of saw the world a bit differently and maybe had been victim to other people in our lives that that sort of, I don't know, had cast us aside and rejected us. And yeah, then, I don't know, as friends do, we, we, we fell apart, but then... Um, going into last year when I got the call up to do the show I was thinking who else have they asked and then Estelle called me and I knew that yeah she was calling because she'd been asked and I was I was nervous because yeah we whilst we're so alike on some level we're really different on another and and I'm very almost rational in my game strategy but she's quite irrational and and so emotional and and as it played out, those emotions really clouded some of her decisions and and she lost trust in me. Yeah, it's very complex, <laughs> very complex. Yeah, it is. Let's go in a whole different direction. Let's talk uh, Tim Dormer. You know, when I look at some interviews and stuff you've had, you know, it's about Big Brother, it's about 
I've seen a few stories, you know, in terms of sexuality or in, in terms of who you're dating and stuff like that. But tell me about your lifestyle, your family growing up as a kid. What, what kind of family household and, and life did you have growing up? Yeah, I come from a really lovable, lovely household. Um, I'm the only boy of five kids. I've got four sisters, two older, two younger. I'm stuck in the middle. So I think I had only child syndrome because I'm the only boy, but then middle child syndrome as well. <laughs> and I was such a tease to my sisters. Like, I think that's where the, the sort of poking the bear comes from and pushing people's buttons. Um, but my parents, yeah, it's, it's a really loving household. And it, it was a conservative religious upbringing as well that um, I... I didn't touch alcohol. I didn't lose my virginity until my late twenties. And Ooh. who you saw in twenty thirteen? That Tim was just—I think I was probably like a year or two out of a really sort of um, protected churchy upbringing. Like I even studied to become a minister. Um, oh wow! I got a diploma, of, yeah, of Christian ministry. And so, yeah, the big world out there. I was only just discovering when I went on Big Brother and I think that's why there's sort of like this naivety about me that I was quite brave. I hadn't gone through many life challenges yet. Um, that happened all, all after Big Brother in the last sort of nine years of my life. Um, it was my reality check on what life's actually really about and some really tough life challenges. But, yeah, my family's really, really lovely. It's been a struggle for them to deal with me both going on television and, and being the loud character that I am um, and then also coming out um, was a really tough time for the family, for them to understand um, the, the choices that I was making. Um, but they've stood by me and, and now being back on the show again, they, they've loved seeing me. And I guess it's, it was full circle going back to Big Brother. Um, and, I, and I do feel like a wiser Tim, that's been through a lot of life challenges that I guess, um, yeah, I'm more, more understanding my, and, and a softer Tim. I don't know, the show didn't really show all those moments, but <laughs> the bonds I formed with some of the people in the house were probably a lot deeper than the first time that I played around. That's quite interesting. My next question was going to be, where was your career heading at the, at, after high school? And I never expected that to be uh, perhaps farther yeah. down. Yeah. I know it's a very crazy yeah I was doing my science degree and uh yeah Christian ministry diploma and then caught the fame bug mm. so, so how early on did you realize I guess your sexuality was more fluid in terms of like that you're open to other things was it a, a g you know Shannon Doherty is hot for 902 and over so is Luke Perry or or how old were you when you when you thought things were maybe a little bit different for you um, gosh, that's, that's like a question that I talk to my psychologist about. <laughs> oh, I you don't have to answer that. I didn't. Yeah. I, mm, yeah, I guess it was a part of me that was very underdeveloped. It wasn't as if I was afraid to, I wasn't hiding anything when I did Big Brother in 2013. I just, it wasn't a part of who I was at that stage that that I I understood it was it was after the show that that I kind of was was brave enough to open that box and think oh like 
would I, I was sexually attracted to both males and females, but I was not romantically attracted to males. So I didn't know whether that meant that I, I was bisexual or, or, or what. Um, but then out of the blue, yeah, I, I came this guy that I, I, I fell in love with and it was about a year of, of this relationship that nobody knew about. Like I was in the public eye. This was after Big Brother. And I just wanted to protect that because I knew as soon as I it was out that that the relationship might be um, all the scrutiny. It, it, I was worried about losing it. So mm. it was a really beautiful time to, to be in a relationship and no one knew about it. But then it was when I was in Big Brother Canada that I was like, okay, you got to get real with your life. You got to you got to tell everyone that you're in love with this guy, and and it's going to be hard. But yeah, I was brave enough to do it. And yeah, I guess that was I, I came out saying that I was in love with with a guy, and that the label I guess is pansexual. That I realised that I didn't really separate genders mm. in terms of attraction. Um, but I'm I'm happy with the label of gay now. I I don't know when that when that relationship broke up. I remember going on Tinder and thinking, should I take girls again? <laughs> and I don't. Yeah, I, I never did go on any dates with girls. But and I'm net with a guy now, so I'm, I'm happy. Whatever label you want to put on it, it's just not a part of anything that I worry about anymore. Maybe maybe it's lucky you didn't go down the father dorm. <laughs> I know imagine that I would have been stuck in yeah but have you always been able to live your life sort of discrimination free be accepted by all happy life and so on or has it has it been a struggle like people making comments people you know being discriminatory towards you or um always having to go that extra mile and prove yourself and always you know had to fight to be a bigger person what sort of life were you able to lead yeah wow um like, yeah, obviously growing up in a conservative Christian um, culture that it someone like me did feel really constricted by all the the, the rules and and the submission and, and the uniformity of just, I don't know, it's just I felt different. It wasn't just my sexuality. I just felt like my personality was was not like those around me or that that I don't know in in my own time I I would feel like I could shine sort of my weird self and and be myself but yeah that's a really proud moment of my life is is to not be afraid to show who I am I don't even really think about it much anymore um but it did require me sort of deciding that I wasn't going to try fit in anymore and that it was fine to stand out um yeah what was the question again these are deep questions i'm liking it <laughs> no it was just it was just on on you know some people come out and gay everyone accepts it, everyone's happy and they just live a happy life for some people they come out and it's a struggle um they find you know workplaces they go do there's some discrimination oh, yep. there's online yep. sort of trolling there's you know, and, and it's quite difficult, you know, experience to, to, to come out. Yeah. Okay. No, coming out actually was so liberating. And I mean, I feel like it was easy in a way. It was like a band aid. It was front page of who magazine. I have sympathy for people that 
like the coming out process is long of just continually telling people, revealing to people and and that conversation of of shock or whatever. For me, that was over in one day. And I've never looked back. Like it was a really pivotal moment in my life where this sort of fear and 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 stress that I've been carrying for a long part of my life was just gone. And um yeah, no, didn't it's funny, I wondered whether going back to the game now as someone who's open about their sexuality might have changed my fan base, but no, no, it's lovely. I still get girls wanting to be my girlfriend. I still get straight guys wanting to be their best mate. Like it's, I'm really proud that my sexuality isn't the most interesting thing about me. And I think that's when I came out. I didn't want it to be. I don't even like the terminology coming out. Um, it it was just sharing a part of my life, like that I was in love with a guy. Um, yeah. Mm. Oh, I want to um, because there's only a few minutes left. So I had about another six six million questions, but um, I'm, try- I'm trying. I'm trying to talk too long. I'm, I'm trying to trying to. I want to go back to the the emotional this this head versus heart thing for a moment because there's something I that's just not quite connecting with me, and I just want to explore it for a second. Now you probably say that you're a, a head player, you know, more than more than a heart player, but it, it does have cracks in it though. You do your game, um, they do theirs, but but you were really hurt by Dave um, earlier in this season. Um, I think you might have slipped into heart mode there instead of head mode for a moment. And but the thing is, you were genuinely affected um, in the house by 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 Drew, by Dave, by Stell, by Reggie. Um, are you sure you're a head player and, and not a heart player? Because there's a lot of heart in you as well, Tim. Oh, thank you. Yes, I definitely am heart player. And I think yeah, maybe... Well, so, but, but, but then you're sort of saying, you know, these heart players, you know, and sort of saying yeah. things against them. But you're a heart player, Tim, a big one. Yeah, yeah. So I think my heart play, um, I don't use a strategy. It's whether you use your your hard to manipulate others I don't do that I I think Mm. I I wasn't using relationships um I was using gameplay Mm. to to get further in the game um I I think my strengths are my ability to read people and and that might be a heart thing um yeah I think that's that's how I get away with it if Tim was just purely strategy and head He'd be an asshole, but there's moments where, like you said, the cracks show, and and I'm quite human, and I'll like, I'll go and hug Estelle and Reggie in the night that we're about oh, to all be evicted, that and was beautiful. that was really real, and and they didn't initiate that. The heart players didn't initiate that, but I'm aware of when, when. I needed to just put the game aside for a second and 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 feel the moment and 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 the reality of it. Like that's that was real. Yeah. Can I ask? Um, like, so you know, I'd love to stay on this subject, but but what's next for you, Tim? What are your plans for the rest of twenty twenty two? Yeah. Well, I've been. Yeah, I went back to play a game, but I fell in love with doing television again and entertaining, connecting with the audience. <laughs> um, that's that's the like most amazing feedback that I've got, that people are saying, please don't 
go anywhere. We want to see you on more things. So I would say yes to pretty much anything. Dancing with the Stars, SAS, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Hosting Big Brother, that is my dream one day to do that. Um, so, yeah, I'll be working hard to try and sort of either radio or TV um, gigs, putting my name out there and, and just keep entertaining. I've got my own podcast that's out. Check it out. Every week I'm going to be sharing my life after reality TV. And, um, and what's, yeah, the just, what, what's the site they can go to? Uh, so it's called The Big Mouth with Tim Dormer. The link's in my bio on Instagram and, and Facebook. Uh, yeah, you'll be hearing a lot about it the next few days because um, I've got three episodes out already. Um, check it out. I get real. I, yeah, this other side of Tim, my vulnerability, that's what I want to show a bit more of. Um, you've seen Tim, the game player, the strategic mastermind, but to hear me open up about some of the toughest life lessons that I've been through um, when my big mouth has got me into trouble, which mm. happens quite a lot. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a different side of Tim that people are going to see. So I'm just excited to be back um, engaged with the audience that that voted for me to win nine years ago and yeah television and reality tv especially it's it's a passion of mine since being a fan early on as that sort of coming from that conservative christian world reality tv was just a whole other world to me and mm. and to look back on my life and what i've achieved and now i'm just so proud that mm. that i got the opportunity to come back and and show tim again well, thank you for the uh, opportunity to uh, for, for the headline for this podcast. Um, Tim Dorner, Dorma evicts Sonia Kruger as host of Big Brother. <laughs> oh, she's she's brilliant, and yeah, I, I would I would love to co-host, have a little sideshow. That that would be amazing if they could bring back uh, form of the live element, and and yeah, give me some of the naughty stuff to talk about, all the juicy bits. Absolutely. Ah. Uh, look, Tim, you are indeed one of the greatest Big Brother housemates of all time. There is the Tim Dormer that we see on our screens, and but I thank you for allowing me the opportunity to show a bit of a different side to yourself. Um, we'll see you at the finale, and, and thank you for joining me tonight. Excellent. Thanks for the chat. It was really great. All right. That was Tim, 16th evicted from Big Brother 2022. That's it for tonight. Thank you for listening. I'm Aaron Ryan. I'll be back with a 17th eviction very soon. Good night.